0: Are you ready for some football? He talks green and gold. This is the huddle with Bill Michaels. Good evening. We are glad to have
1: you. We are broadcasting live. We are at Angry Brothers Pub. We are at the entertainment center, if you want to call it that. Uh, We are down here this evening. Thank you very much. And uh, enjoying ourselves, myself, Mike Clemens alongside. It's very rare that I get a chance to uh, to get you for uh, an entire couple of hours. Uh, on the program, Mike, but uh, glad to have you here, man. Uh, it's a bye week. That's why.
2: I don't know why. It's just been kind of a um, some of the schedules have changed. The Packers on Wednesdays go really late. Yeah. And as you know, you know, they uh, they have Tuesdays off, and then we we drive up uh, on Wednesday morning, and we go Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, get out of there Friday afternoon. Uh, we're locked out pretty much on Saturdays. I still have access to my office in the media area there on Saturdays. Right up to about 6 o'clock on Saturday night, the night before a game, then things get a little crazy and they start locking down for security and all, right. and all that. Right. So unless I want to spend the night there uh, <laughs> sleeping on the floor of the office, right, it's time to get out. But um, it's been busy and it's been an interesting season. I, you know, somebody asked me, hey, how's it going? I go, you know, we got so tired of that. Worrying about whether or not we were going to lose home field advantage. This uh, this mathematically eliminated. The, you know, uh, it's a change math- of pace. Yeah, mathematically uh, still viable. Yeah, that, that's a whole new storyline. <laughs> it's a change of pace. Hanging by our our fingernails.
1: You know, it, it, it's uh, we were in Chicago over the weekend and uh, they showed spunk. They came back. They they didn't want to lose to the Bears. I think the rivalry maybe meant. More than anything, but the fact that they are mathematically alive, I think we all know that this is not uh, performance-wise a very good football team. Uh, We spent the whole day today talking about, you know, Jim Leonard's leaving Wisconsin. Should he be the next defensive coordinator of the Green Bay Packers? Uh, I listened to what Brian Gudekinst had to say uh, on Monday about, um, you know, the decision. I know he was asked numerous times. It was Ryan Wood, I think, of the Green Bay Press, Gazette. we were talking about Bill, Bill, Bill Huber earlier today, about, you know, well, would you fire... You know, would you, are you the guy to let go of um, Joe Barry? And he says, well, we support whatever Matt wants to do. You know, you know, it's Matt, Matt LaFleur's decision. You know, Matt consults us, but, you know, we support whatever Matt wants to do in this and that. It was, to me, at first it was like, oh, man, he didn't want any part of that. And then I thought, if you're going to keep confidence in Matt LaFleur, this is a great way to do it because he's saying it's not our decision, it's Matt. So when Matt says, Joe, you can't come back, it gives Fans, the reason to go back to saying, "Ah, Matt Lafleur," you know, a couple seasons. He made that move, man. Even though it was his buddy, he made that move. Uh, I think it's going to be collaboratively to say, you know, this we can't leave it like this. But give me your thoughts on 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 the Joe Barry defense and where in Gudakin's comments and Matt Lafleur saying, "I can't believe you guys are talking to me about this after a game," you know, that type of thing, which I thought was a completely ignorant comment. But all of this that's transpired in the way the defenses played. Well, first of
2: all, excellent uh, visit with Bill Huber, one of the hardest working guys in our media staff, who writes for Sports Illustrated. Now, everybody should follow Bill because he just he he sets up the, his lifestyle so that he can call those scouts, call those high school yeah. coaches, get all do all the background digging like that. Sometimes we share that information. Uh, says he had some great viewpoints today in terms of where the defense is at, and I'll get into this later on tonight. Um, I think you've seen an, a roller coaster of emotion, because I really I've watched that Bears game again, and I went back and watched the last couple of others, and these people are just not flying around. There's a lot of well-paid guys on that defense now, mm-hmm. and they are they are they are clocking it They're, And and you know, Aaron Rodgers came up with this new term where he called it independent contractor, yeah, where he suggested that there are some guys that are in fact paying the, getting the paycheck. And they're passing all the quizzes, (laughs) you know. Right. They they do come prepared, but they're making business decisions out there in the field. One in case is Darnell Savage. Yeah. Like, we know you've been hurt and and have lost four weeks with various shoulder, neck injuries, this kind of thing. But, dude, you have said ole on some big plays. Right. Too many times. And this could cost you your job because Rudy Ford off the street. Would like you. Matter of fact, he has your job right now. Yeah. While you've got this, you know, foot and ankle injury. So, I, I see problems with scheme. I see problems with game planning. I see problems with motivating. I see problems with. Guy. I saw a Packers defense that really didn't seem interested in the effort it takes to fly around and put your body on the line until the offense. Got it to nineteen seventeen to yeah. get to within two points. Right, that's when they woke up and said, "Okay, we got a chance." All yeah. right, and they and they they pulled up their chin straps and they started flying around, and and there were, you saw this volley of plays. Right, because up until then, I can I can show you two or three first downs. I can show you the David Montgomery touchdown. it's just ridiculous, the amount of patty cake effort. And the week before when you lost the game. The head coach came out right after the game, and these guys upstairs said, yes. You know, looking at it live, we we charted down maybe as many as 15 missed tackles.
1: Yeah. And then he, on, he, he went up. It was like 20, then on, then, then on Monday,
2: he said 20. Then on Wednesday, after one full review and the complete charts of the grades, he threw that out there as 22 missed tackles. Now, he won the game Sunday in Chicago. So he's not throwing that, that out there. So, you know, you leave that up to pro football focus or if you – so desired to take a yellow pad and chart all these plays, you know, yourself. But there's an effort thing missing there. And you start looking at a group of guys that were of a certain class. And, man, they put it out there for two or three years. And you got to 13 wins. And now you see this offense that was, you know, off and missing some veteran offensive linemen. And a quarterback who is now back with the team. It's not. He's holding out. He just somehow was able to just not show up until the one mandatory mini camp and yeah. and a wide receiver and all that. And then you get into you get into training camp and it's not a very good offense. And meanwhile everyone's excited about what you got on paper. And it's look, and now we got Jair back. And they just paid made him the highest paid cornerback in the National Football League. That must mean he's just gonna have a terrific year. And he's not. He's out there freelancing, Bill.
0: Yeah. And, yeah, and he so, talked about that too. And
2: and And Lafleur is trying to pull all this stuff back in together, and at the same, and he's safe. He's fine. I got people on social media saying, "Fire Lafunk." They're they're, they're name calling him. Yeah. I'm like, you're not paying attention. He's got a 6.72 winning percentage. Matt Lafleur's not going anywhere for another year or two. He's fine. But there's all kinds of things where he needs to improve as a head coach. But for right now, he's got a bunch of loose ends, and and they're not on the same page. There's, there's Rich Bisaccia has been great. Joe Barry doesn't know what to do in this situation, in this crisis. He can give you X's and L's, and he can help you prep, but in terms of seemingly to motivate these guys or
1: challenge them challenge and, yeah. them
2: or work one against the other that kind of stuff he's you know what he's an NFL survivor yeah not an NFL I'm leading
1: you to the promised land guy right do i, I mean I think we all would agree that Joe Barry is 99.9% foot out the door by the time the season comes to an end um, then the next question is a lot of names being kicked around you hear a lot about Zimmer you hear a lot about Fangio You're getting some food. I'm telling you right now. Uh, Down here, this is because, you know, Angry Brothers Pub is known for being the, uh, you know, it was always the bowling alley with a bar attached to it. And not anymore, man. Now it's a bar. It's a restaurant. It's a catering hall. It's an entertainment center. They've got uh, new golf simulators here, like Top Golf. They have got uh, volleyball courts in the back. They built this whole new patio outside. Now it's a, a, a restaurant with a bowling alley attached to it. It's fantastic. And uh, I well, ate talking uh, to
2: the staff too. But nice staff here too. Yeah, well. I
1: ate uh, I ate that a little bit earlier today and uh, I needed to change my pants before the show. It was it was fantastic. So, my question, you know what, for those that are watching at home. Hang on a second. Hang on a second for those that are watching at home. There you go. There you go. There yeah. you go. Nice. Nice. Take a look at it now cuz uh, it's don't not going to very long. There could no, be no, some seepage underwear. and stuff. Oh, <laughs> oh so, yeah, thank you. Ben Kenny, producing the show. Um so You know, first and foremost, uh, the talk today was about Jim Leonard. He's not coming back. He made that announcement. Do the Packers go back after him? I don't think they should.
2: I don't think they should. Because? First of all, I thought of all the, you know, managerial strategic moves that Matt LaFleur has made. Boy, did he get set up to look stupid when he's meeting with Jim Leonard. He's basically offering him his job. He's trying to move on from Mike Pettin. And he may, maybe he might have had a coach or two, like a Mike Smith or something, that said, Well, how about it? You know, how about considering me? And then Jim Leonard publicly comes out and says, No, I'm staying with the Badgers. Right. And, you know, the circle in Madison has got Jim Leonard's wife telling folks, Yeah, you know, we love it here. Jim loves the university, and he loves working with the kids, and we love our home, and we're raising kids here, and we've done our fair share of moving. As a football family, while he was with the Jets as a player and Mm -hmm. and all that. And so, you know, we think that we're going to be here working alongside Paul Chris for the next 10 years. Well, look how long that lasted. Right. right? Things have greatly changed. I I don't know why you want to bring in Jim Leonard. Long time, very, I don't know Jim. I've only been around him once or twice, I think when uh, me and Joe, one of your producers, we covered a couple of Badger games. Yeah. So I, I don't really have a... I can't... I'm not an expert on this guy. I just... I just... I don't think that for where the Packers are and with Aaron Rodgers and all this, that now is the time to hire a first-time NFL defensive coordinator. Now is not the time for that. Or a guy who has proven as a linebackers coach or an assistant defensive coordinator, you know, or second... Something... That he is now ready for that next shot at defensive coordinator, much like the resume right. that Matt Lafleur has built, you know, to get yeah. where he has in ten or eleven years in the in the league. So I, you know, there was this excitement about Leonard at the time, I guess, but I don't. It, it's college and the NFLs are two totally different kinds of jobs, right? And 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 trying to fix the problems. With that defense, could he be a rah-rah guy with those NFL players like he's been with the Badgers?
1: That's uh, that's a great question. Um, then you go to the opposite end of the spectrum. Vic Fangio's available. Mike Zimmer's avail- available. Both have had success as defensive coordinators. Fangio more so could so that than be the
2: Wade Phillips factor? You know, like when Kubiak was there with the Broncos, and he had an aging Peyton Manning, and they, you know, you know they lost the first time to that right. Seattle defense, and they came back and they sort of reconfigured thing. And of all the teams and all the years that Wade Phillips grew up with his dad with the Oilers and the head coach for the Cowboys, and he kind of got you know a, a, a shaft job there from Jerry Jones. The, fi- the time that he finally gets to hoist one of those things is the defensive coordinator of the Denver Broncos. Right. And I get to stand there right there with him and tell him, you know, how how excited Ted Thompson would be for him because Ted's was a you know a friend right. of that family. Could could Fangio be one of those guys? Maybe. I know that Rodgers would be excited. Yeah. I know that that a that, that Fangio hire
1: Rog or Zim. Yeah. And that's
2: why they, those names are out there because because Rogers has talked about
1: those guys yeah. so much. Zimmer was a guy that schemed against Rogers pretty well both in Cincinnati yeah and with the Vikings right and there's
2: nothing better than to get that little revenge thing working for you yeah like oh really Vikings right let me show you how that works out right but at the same time look what Zim did with the, that Vikings team I mean he wore those guys yeah. out just yep. he wore and I don't know if the, I don't know if his style would actually conflict with the way LaFleur you know right I mean Rogers calls him Captain Blood but it's really it's it's a happy camper uh, operation yeah. up there. What one of the things about that LaFleur does is I was I was talking to one of their one of their front office people and we're actually standing in their locker room and I'm looking at the schedule and I'm looking at all these weird times like okay the meeting starts 11:05 and then the next one starts at uh, Uh, they're on the fives, you know? Like who the I said, why can't they be at eleven, eleven thirty? You know, because the players are constantly looking at the schedule. I said, Why is it so tight? Do you really have twenty five minute meetings? Really? And he said, you know, CBA and he wants to get these guys out of here. So basically LaFleur tries to make this thing as fast paced as he can. Make sure he gets everything done that he can, but he's not expecting these players to be there seven, eight o'clock at night grinding, right? I mean, he's trying to install and get that. And now you go some, do some more of this on your own. The coaches will be here 18 hours a day, but that's the trade-off that he makes with these guys. You've got to give me honor and 10% in the meetings and throughout the day and at practice, of course, and, and what you do in the weight room. And that, you know, you got to re- you got to report to the trainer. And when the trainer says, do this tonight, do this X month, do these exercises tonight. You know? Yeah. That you do that. Right. You don't just blow it off there and watch TV for 12 hours like maybe I would. But, you know, <laughs> but you have to you have to check all those boxes off. And so that's the deal that he has with them. I don't know if, is, if a Zimmer kind of a guy conflicts with the way LaFleur treats players right
1: now. We're going to talk about that when we come back. We're broadcasting live. We're here at Angry Brothers Pub. We're in uh, Racine, Wisconsin. Beautiful place. They've expanded it. Uh, The expansion is amazing. The golf simulators are amazing, but even more so amazing. Lots of screens, too. Yeah, is is the fact that uh, the food has now just gone through the roof. It's like a fine dining restaurant uh, with a bowling alley next to it. It's fantastic. And by the time we come back, Mike uh, will be uh, in a coma after eating the steak and the potatoes and everything that he has, I'll over be back here. in a half hour. We are brought to you by our friends at Bud Light, the official beer sponsor of the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. Stick around; we got a lot more of the Bill Michaels Huddle live at Angry Brothers Pub in Racine right after. Oh yeah! This is the Huddle with Bill
0: Michaels on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network.
1: to hear. Brought to you by our friends at Bud Light, the official beer sponsor of the Bill Michael Sports Talk Network. Uh, Mike Clemens on hand tonight here as well. And Mike, we were talking about Matt LaFleur and the possibility of a hire at the defensive coordinator position before we went to break. One of the things you said is Matt's not the conflictual guy. He's the guy that's making sure that, the you know, everybody's happy. Uh, I don't want to say soft, but he's not a, a hard, you know, wear-you-out, old-school kind of guy where you're going to go run gassers all day until you get sick. But Maliflor, his first year. Now,
2: he, although, you know, he, he wasted no time, along with Gudikins that when Kylan Hill, a returner and a low draft pick from last year, a number three running back, uh, was doing a great job returning kicks, and then he has this horrific collision with a Arizona Cardinals defender in the game out in Arizona on a kick return. And they both go out with, like, ACLs. And now Kylan's finally coming back this fall from the ACL, and just as he gets to, to be ready to about activated, they release him because of his effort in the last month or two. He wasn't mentally ready. and And he was also causing some problems, Right, you know, within the running backs room about wanting to get his reps and, and that kind of thing, and not really playing nice, they wasted no time to send a message to the locker room and also to that particular player, and pretty much publicly to say, yeah, that's not going to be tolerated next. Right. So, the, so he's he's got a trigger.
1: I I go back to when Matt Lafleur took over. Um, the argument was Rodgers held onto the ball too much. He was too focused on one guy. He was looking too much rather than just running the play. And you and I noted uh, there was one play. Rodgers was deep in his own territory, rolled out to his right, was looking at Devontae, looking, 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 looking. There was other guys that were open underneath, and he was focused on Devontae. He ends up throwing the ball out of bounds. And LaFleur, it was a third down play. He comes off the field. LaFleur comes running down the field. I mean, running down the sideline. And Rodgers yells at him, what did you want me to do? And he looked at him, and they caught him on camera saying, throw the effing ball. And it was a moment in which I said, damn, this guy's got moxie. Yeah. That was a great moment. Haven't seen it since. It has basically been Aaron Rodgers yelling at him, him looking lost, throwing his hands in the air, whatever. It has not been the same since that season.
2: Well, there was also a joke where I think it was on the two-point conversion call to Mercedes Lewis, but... LaFleur came out. He had four or five plays for him. He says, all right, let's run this. And when Aaron said, yeah, okay, oh, great. And he, he didn't talk about the other ones. Like, right. hey, i got him to decide on something. We're sticking with that. Right. And then he kind of he made that known. He made that public in the press conference. Yeah. So, you know, LaFleur is saying, yeah, this guy's a handful. But I want to tell you something that Brian Goodkin said in his press conference. By the way, let's let's talk about that moment again. So Aaron Rodgers is going through his press conference and he's talking about the the things that happened in the Bears games and Jalen Johnson, you know, is a pretty good defensive back, a third year there with the with the Bears. And he's talking about how they changed their coverages and all that. Then he gets the question, "Hey, how about that Christian Watson? I mean, here this guy is performing again. That that speed is just un- f- unbelievable with what he did of the end run and a couple of the catches that he made mm-hmm. for you, drawing the pass interference. I mean, Christian Watson was the difference maker." in that win, which from what you've seen, does that entice you to want to come back next year for sure, you know, and play your 19th season? season? Aaron Rodgers replies, yeah, well, you know, Christians are this and this, that, and, you know, and we, we, although the last month has been great, we're looking forward to seeing more. But, yeah, I could see that happen. Of course, uh, me coming back is a mutual decision. Like, oh, God. Yeah, here we go. Oh, my
1: God. What well, is, what is that? Gutekinds mutual? made it known we want him back.
2: Well, no, so here's what happened. Aaron Rodgers says that. What time did the game get over? About 3? So it's about 4, 430. 9 o'clock. Bing, I get this email. Brian Gutekinds will address the media tomorrow. Right. Uh, now, I and we still haven't had a chance to kind of talk through the back channel and say, why did he pick this time? Is it because we got a buy and he's helping yeah. us out and we got something more to talk about? Is it because, you know, they had a nice win, an historic win. Um, and and you know, he did he didn't make himself available during the trade period like many other general managers do. And maybe he's breaking out of the Ted Thompson mold a little bit to say, I'll talk to you guys at Combine, I'll talk to you around the draft, I'll talk to you at the NFL meetings, I'll talk to you during training camp. But when, the, when they kick off the ball in September, I ain't talking to you guys until the end of season press conference. Right. And I'll say hi to you in the cafeteria, you know, and just a little, you know, touch and go or something. But really, there's no official press conferences. There's no official word from him or usually even Mark Murphy through the entire season. They focus on the head coach, and they really want to put the spotlight on the players during the season. That's who they want to showcase when they're actually into the season. That's just the way... They run things up there. So here he has this press conference Monday afternoon at 4 o'clock. And then one of the great questions was, you know, is it kind of tough to run an operation when, you know, you are you got a, a player or a quarterback that kind of waffles on decisions? Right. And Brian kind of laughed at it. He said, you know, I, I was taught a long time ago that when you've got a quarterback, you do everything you can.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So And that goes back to the Favre days. Right. Like, hey, wait a minute. This is Ron Wolf telling these guys. Yeah. Telling Ted, telling a young Brian Goodikens, we have a quarterback. We're going to do whatever the man wants, okay? Right. Keep the quarterback happy.
1: I find it interesting, to the opposite side, to the Aaron Rodgers side, when he first came into the league, maybe his second year, third year, Favre's waffling, and I can't remember if it was just on mic or on mic and off mic in one of our conversations or one of this group conversations. And he wasn't being derogatory towards bread but he said, I won't ever do that. I won't watch. Yeah, I won't do that. I won't be like that. Oh, yeah, that. no. And now he's exactly, it's exactly like that.
2: Exactly like that. And you know something? It's not just because it's Green Bay or some sort of camera. It's, it's just a fact of life. With that position, in this league, it's just it's just the way it goes. If you could you could draw a very similar path to what happened to Joe Montana years ago. Uh, this this story repeats itself quite often. Mm-hmm. Well,
1: did you read the Andrew Luck piece in sport in ESPN? Uh, no, but it, it but, is fantastic, and he put he's got a quote in there, and I can't remember the exact quote, but I'm I'm going to paraphrase. He said, you you begin to lose touch with kind of reality. You're living in silos when all that matters is the game, that all that matters is training, that all that matters is the team. He felt so guilty about being hurt, it began to affect him. But he says, you start to live with a I'm a God complex because of how you have to be and have to be considered as a quarterback. You know, I'm a God. I'm I'm, I'm godlike almost. And... You see that in some of these guys that don't remain grounded. They begin to elevate themselves and put themselves on the pedestal because they become almost godlike because of their reverence.
2: On the other side of the football, we all remember the name Ray Nitschke. Mm-hmm. And you think, oh, gorilla, right? right? Angry man with the full grid face mask who's a linebacker who's out there to kill people yeah, and could hit people in a league with different rules back then. And crush and demolish quarterbacks, and you know all the way to the Hall of Fame. Ray Nitschke wrote a book almost 50 years ago, actually, about 10 years after, no, about three years after he retired, called "Mean on Sundays," where he said, "I'm a, I'm a big kitty cat. I mean, I, you know, right. I, I'm kind of scared. I'm scared of this and all that. I had to just flip a switch and tell myself I was the meanest, baddest man." On the planet, I had to do that to set myself on that. to I, I became somebody else. Yeah, I had to. And the title of the book was mean on Sundays. Yeah. So, you know, here's Ray Nischke saying this is what I had to do mentally. I had to find a switch and just put away any of my fears, any of my concerns, any of my considerations for my fellow man. I had to become this animal. And I think any one of those guys as competitors have to find that switch. Right. And flip it like that. And Aaron is the same way. Remember, I asked him a question about a year or two ago about uh, where he pushes himself. I, talked to, I asked him questions about clearly he's constantly been working the last three or four years on his mental, uh, if he's mentally in shape. Yeah. Because I think some of these losses in the playoffs, they just kill him. Mm-hmm. They're just killing him, and they're going to talk about him, and he doesn't want the blame to be on him. He saw what happened to Favre throwing the pick against the Giants in the NFC Championship. He's trying to avoid that, and he has spent a lot of time traveling around the world trying to find answers on how he can detach himself and his emotions from that and still get this without it eating him up. He has spent a lot of time doing that, improving himself. And and, and the same thing physically as well, trying to find you know new heights and love and and following... You know Tom Brady's path on keeping his keeping it together, but you you get to a point where you've lost touch, and that he the first time he put out this thing about you know this his personal greatness, mm-hmm. which you know I mean if Baker Mayfield said that you'd laugh at him, but you know Aaron Rodgers that's his standard saying now. He's even got Lafleur saying it to the to the team. Mm-hmm. You know this your your own personal greatness uh, as a player. And so they start buying into that, but it, it, you know, it starts. That stuff gets over the top because you're losing touch with the reality of the situation, right? Yeah.
1: No, I, I, after reading what, what, you know, I, what, you, what, uh, you, they're talking about in Indianapolis and what Andrew Luck was going through and what he was telling, ta- he, he was affecting his relationship with his kids, his family. His girlfriend. And, well, the and,
2: ankle injury yeah, and all that and then
1: being hurt and feeling guilty. He said it was overwhelming guilt.
2: Well, Andrew Luck uh, came to Green Bay, you know, a year or two before he ended up making, making that surprise announcement. And he single-handedly beat the Packers himself, running like, you know, like Josh Allen, you know, for first downs. And mm-hmm. f- just taking a physical right. beating. And he's got to get back up and start to throw footballs. He was out there just getting... Yeah. The hell beat out of him, yep. and I and and I got to him in the locker room after that. He beat the Packers. It was a, quite a bit of upset because he had a lot of guys injured around him in that game, and you know, I mean, uh, and and he put in so much physically like that. Roethlisberger did that at times. Yep. All the hits that he took, and Josh Allen needs to pay attention, you know, to to what he's saying. Because if he's not careful, you know, he's he's going to shorten his career by the hits that he's taken oh, God, yeah. at six foot five. Yep, no doubt about
1: it. We're going to go ahead and take a quick break. We're broadcasting live. Angry Brothers Pub down here in Racine. We're brought to you by Bud Light. How's the how's the food, by the way?
2: It's, all, it's outstanding. It's a steak, medium rare. There's all kinds of perfect seasoning on it. The green beans on the bacon. I'm going to put my arm around it just to keep you away from my plate.
1: <laughs> Let's do this. We'll take a quick break. we got a lot more coming up right after this. where do we go?
0: This is the Huddle with Bill Michaels on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. Down.
1: Down, 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 down. Welcome back to the program. We are glad to have you. We are brought you by our friends at Bud Light, the official beer sponsor of the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. We're at Angry Brothers Pub. We're down here in Racine. So if you want to come by, say hi. Please feel free. Nice crowd here tonight, as you can see on the live stream. For those of you watching, and there's quite a few of you watching, as a matter of fact. So we appreciate you hanging out with us this evening. Myself, Mike Clemens uh, here on site as well. Uh, I, I, we'll talk a little bit more about uh, the want for Jordan Love coming up here in a little bit. But um, So where the teams at right now? We were talking about Aaron Rodgers. We're talking about a lot of different things when it comes to uh, the offseason, finding himself, getting past a lot of stuff. I think to myself, you know, from everything he said, and I get it, there's some things you have to throw out there about mutual, you know, want and all that kind of stuff. But to me, uh, I I think he's coming back. I, I I think if I had to make a bet today, I wouldn't necessarily put my house on it, but I think 90% of me says he's coming back with the Packers next year. There's going to be some decisions to be made. I did find it interesting. Gutekinds pointed out that even though they could save $6 bucks off the salary, that David Bakhtiari, when he's been able to play, He's David Bakhtiari, and and left good left tackles don't grow on trees. And so I kind of thought about that for a minute. I thought, boy, if Box coming back, and they're hinting at that, Rodgers isn't going anywhere. You know what I mean? I, that's why I believe he's coming back.
2: Yeah, you know, Aaron likes to have his circle. It's not a very big circle. Right. I complimented him the other day on a piece he did now a year ago at this time on James Campen, the long offensive, longtime offensive line coach. He's been yeah. with their organization 25 years. He was Brett Favre's first center. And then all those years, but then he you know he left with when the McCarthy regime got cleaned out, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, you see him with James Campen at Brett Favre's Hall of Fame, and he's got Campin on one side and Mason Crosby on the other. It's like, cover me because I don't want to sign any autographs. Just help me sneak in here. Right. So, I mean, Aaron needs these guys around him. He wants to be quiet, he wants to slip in, he doesn't you know, he needs his little posse. And that includes Mason Crosby, Mercedes Lewis. Now they can't bring back Mercedes no, Lewis anymore, no, can they? No. And then that Randall Cobb play. I talked about this at length yesterday on our morning show, you know, up in Madison. Randall Cobb was 0
1: for 4 on Sunday. Right. What is the point? He has played well. This season, far better than I thought he would. Although Fleur
2: threw him out there when he wasn't re- really sure that Keyshawn Nixon was ready in th- right. that situation. and Like, I got to have sure hands. Right. Randall, go out there and catch this punt, okay? So, Just catch the ball. But, but Randall Cobb, and I said this to you during the game, right? There was not once but twice where there was probably somebody underneath, but there's Rodgers trying to relive. Great memories of 2011, 2016 right. down there. It. And he has, it's it's Rodgers to Cobb for that touchdown there and that end yeah. zone. And he overthrows him right. twice. There's another time he throws to him. as a little safety valve, and Randall drops it. He's, he's just run a little. And then that, that the, the last time was it was that long drive in the fourth quarter that ended up with the field goal to go ahead. Mm-hmm. But I think it was – I don't know if it was a third-and-one or it was a first-down. Maybe I think it was a first-down play. But everybody's downfield. Rodgers is looking and looking and looking. And there's Randall Cobb off to his left-hand side, wide open. And and he, and Rodgers throws the ball and leads him by about 10 to 10, right. 5 to 10 yards. And then holds up his hands like, well, why didn't you go run down there? Yeah. And Cobb's like, I'm standing right here, open. There's nobody around me for 30 yards. Uh, one of the uh, the number 39 Josh Blackwell was now closing in when he's like oh god look at 18 up ahead of me I'm gonna you know I drop back And this goes
1: back to Rogers says if you see the open territory go and just
2: yes but the fact is the open territory was right there right get me the ball I'll turn around and 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 make a play get some yards after the catch and so instead Rogers is like well you know our rules you're supposed to Turn around and start heading down. Like, no, I'm wide open right here. Just get me the ball. Right. You know, while you're under pressure. Yeah. And it it just shows, the. I mean, if Randall Cobb can't get on the same page with this guy, it's just one play, but it was so bad, and it and it and it and it displayed Aaron Rodgers at his worst. With, like, you know, I'm playing all these rules, and you got to do this, and you got to read. This. Just throw the ball to the open man, man. Right? You're the most accurate pass, and that wasn't a thumb throw. That wasn't a bad throw. That was this this we're playing games thing, and we're always trying to get more when we can. Just complete the pass, throw the open guy. Start throwing some checkdowns, and and you know what? Joe Montana got his Super Bowl rings throwing checkdowns, and then after they bit on that, then there's Jerry Rice open for the post, right?
1: They, well, I mean, you look at many of the quarterbacks that did it. I mean, Tom Brady threw a lot of checkdowns for yes. his career. And then finally went deep more than a few times. And threw over
2: there. the middle, too. And,
1: but he also had a the tight drunk. end that was yeah, short hands, which is another, another area of... Or, or an uh, Edelman. You or know? Edelman, but it, it's another area of uh, discussion because you, you got Cobb, and I... But that's a
2: great point. You don't see Brady on that
1: crap. No. No,
2: just throw to the open. Not Man. unless
1: he's got a receiver like Godwin and, and Evans that are flying down the field, and he's got the ability to do it. But right, no, it's it, it, it's. You don't it's,
2: see Brady making it too complicated,
1: right? That that I agree with.
2: So to get to your point, if Bakhtiari comes back, yeah, that's one thing that just on a personal relationship. On you know he'll be he'll turn forty next year in December in terms of being the oldest guy in that locker room and trying to make it relatable, that would help if Bakhtiari came back. You know, it's great that he's got these 23-year-old weapons in Christian Watson and...
1: Romeo Dobbs, Dobbs, Samari Torre, Blah, blah,
2: blah, blah, you know? I mean, but, you know, geez, Aaron, the the point is we're trying to get you a ring, okay? We we uh, all... Mark Murphy wants a ring before he leaves, and he's got two years left. And he's he's putting his chips on Aaron Rodgers. If I can get Aaron Rodgers a second ring, and if he can get me one... And we can walk out of this Rock, place yeah. with two more. Right that's, off together. that's one more than Bob got. One more than, than Bob, Bob
1: got. got. One more than Ron than, got. Yeah, than Ron, than Ted, than Favre, than everybody. Yeah. 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 Um, so out of that group, Lazard? I don't think he's coming back. Cobb? No. So you're no Watkins. There's no way. So Watkins, Cobb, Lazard. So you're down to that's a good point. You know,
2: I don't know. You know, and maybe because I, I love maybe what, the Lazard decision can be made in the next four or five weeks. Because you know, you know, I think the number one receiver on this team for first downs is Alan Lazard. Right. So I mean, he is the kind of the go to guy on third quietly, the thir- the go to guy on third down.
1: Because Cobb has been the go to guy when plays break down. He's the guy that's always had that well, has been you know has been so. But but I like what Goody said, I was t- listening to when he t- was asked about Sammy Watkins. And, I you, you know, look at it in hindsight now as you made him as he, he – and then he said, well, you never know how a guy who's had success in one place is going to have success in another. You know, what works in one area doesn't necessarily – in other words, this is a train wreck. I can't say it's a train wreck because the guy's still sitting here and we still need him, but it's a train wreck. And, yeah, it was a bad – he admitted it without admitting it. And so Watkins won't be back. So you, in yeah, essence, you know, you could Julio possibly Jones missed uh, six
2: weeks too. Now he made some nice plays the other night in yeah. that uh, wonderful, you know, comfort behind victory for the Buccaneers the other night on Monday Night Football. But he's missed his his time as well. Right. So you know, I mean, and Sammy might still have some flashes coming up here. Sammy did have some big plays in earlier games. I think it was against the Cowboys and and mm. all that. You know, overall, Bill. Uh, it's it's so interesting, to me, to me, and, and just and and spending, was a uh, Monday night and much of yesterday going over the last month. Um, the they looked like a football team when they knew Bill, Bill Belichick was coming to town, and they certainly got up, for Mike McCarthy coming to right. town. Whether you know you played for the guy or not, I mean, most most those guys are gone now, but I you know there the vibe was in the building, right? Bill Belichick. McCarthy, Cowboys, you know, prime time, right. all that, but these games like the Commanders and the Jets, and these teams are turned out to be pretty good. Um, how they want to sleep in some of these things, yeah. And I think part of that had to be somewhere along the preparation for it, you know, or just the realization as to how tough or how tough the Giants were going to play you. How I much, go back how to, much fight the Giants. I go back were to that
1: discussion you. with Lafleur was just on edge that week. Yeah, right. Getting ready to go to London. Snippy. And it, it did that all just trickle down? It did. You know? Did that all just trickle the down? It over... was the beginning of the end. It yeah, just started.
2: The, 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 the whole overthink about the schedules and all this kind of thing. I mean, he was talking about since last spring. Right. And then he wouldn't talk about it Well, he got about 10 days out. And then he, he was, talked about he was uptight through the business whole trips
1: thing. and guys just being focused. And then Roger's completely contradicts him by saying, I want to go to a pub.
2: Right. Well, and here's the other thing, too. Those coaches also started watching how the Giants were playing those first two or three weeks, you know, yeah. with, you know, that with, with that new coaching staff. And they knew that they had their hands full. They knew yep. that these guys were going to be, the Giants were going to be a tough out.
1: We are uh, broadcasting live down here at Angry Brothers Pub. We're in Racine, which is where you can find us. We are brought to you by our friends at Bud Light. we got a lot more. Mike Clements, myself, another hour and 15 to go. Stay tuned. We'll be back after this.
0: This is the Huddle with Bill Michaels. On the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network.
1: Glad to have you. Thanks uh, so much for coming out tonight and watching us on the Bud Light live stream. Thanks to those of you that are uh, taking a listen to us all throughout the great state of Wisconsin and all our network affiliate stations. Myself, Mike Clemens, alongside here this evening. And uh, and I want to go back, Mike. We were talking about the defense a little bit earlier. I want to talk a little bit about the linebacking core because Devondre Campbell obviously has bound and been down and now he has come back. Um, you know, Quay Walker is a tackler. But if he has to get off of a block via offensive lineman, he has struggled this season. He has been somewhat hit or miss. Uh, obviously, Preston Smith, somewhat of a down year. Rashawn Gary, uh, down with the ACL injury. Uh, Kingsley Ngabari has played admirably. Uh, but, but let's start with that linebacking core because, uh, you know, I still think that they lack – uh, that big body or two up front uh, to help Kenny Clark out. They don't. Devontae Wyatt's getting more snaps, which I like to see, and he has had some um, some progression. I, you can see visible progression. They brought in Jaron Reed, who's who's graded out pretty well. Dean Lowry's still to me just a guy, but it seems like everybody has underperformed statistically this season from where they were only a year or even two years ago. Well,
2: uh, Quay Walker uh, is learning. But he's a great athlete, and he's fast. And I thought Bill Huber from Sports Illustrated on the Bill Michael Show earlier today made some good points about, let's remember something, that even uh, that you were missing uh, Zadarius Smith all year with the back injury, and then Jair went down week five uh, with his shoulder injury, that you could start to see that defense trail off. Remember the game where they went against the Ravens, and Lamar Jackson was out, and Hundley, the backup quarterback, almost beat you yeah and then you know that's like the aaron Rodgers and Devonte adams show you know and mason crosby to to get you over the hump but the defense was starting to disappoint in november december of last year then they somehow got some guys back on the field and they got it together for the 49ers but then your offense couldn't work and the special teams lost it for you um i, I i'm satisfied still with what you're getting out of quay walker you got devondre campbell back on the field after giving him the big contract, but he missed, you know, he had a bruised knee that cost him about a month of games. He had 11 combined tackles the other night. On the outside, though, after losing Rashawn Gary on a non-contact injury on that turf at Ford Field, it's Preston Smith. And then, you know, now you're you're down to uh, J.J. Enigbari, you know, and and number fifty five, a rookie, yeah. was a fourth. JJ, f- I
1: called him Kingsley. I'm okay. No,
2: no, no that's his nickname. is yeah. JJ. Yeah. His real first name is, is Kingsley. Did anybody notice he left the game with a leg injury? I mean, when you're when it's a clutch time and you're in a close game with the Chicago Bears and you got David Montgomery out there and you got Justin Fields, I was like forty sevens out there. Justin Hollins, who they just picked up off the street from the three and nine Rams. Is out there is your other outside linebacker with yeah. Preston? I mean, that's a you know Joe Barry's got to put up his hand and say, "Give me a break." Right? You know the Rams got rid of this guy. They're three and nine, and this is my other, this is my other guy on the outside. I right. had him for two weeks. You know, so that's an interesting thing that is not getting reported much. And and what kind of condition Barry's going to be in uh, coming back from next week? That will be interesting. When you go up against that very same Rams team,
1: the uh, the the linebacking core, while it it hasn't performed great, just uh, it's so interesting because Savage has fallen off, Amos. He's always been that steady hand, that center fielder back there. But his performance has been down somewhat. Jair, like you said, he's freelance. Stokes was supposed to be because coming off of last season, you thought between him and Jair, man, this is going to be an incredible secondary. And then he gets hurt. He wasn't playing great when he went down. You know, Rasul Douglas, who it was so impressive with six picks last year at the end of the season, has not been that pick machine that you saw. And last
2: then, year, it was Rasul Douglas and his instinct yeah. and his film study that got him four or five picks. This year, it's guys like Keyshawn Nixon and Rudy Ford, castoffs, uh, teams like the Raiders, Jaguars, and other teams like that. Now they're playing with the instinct, and they're making the game, they're, they're throwing the daggers right in these games. But that Enikmari thing, man, I saw, I was watching him on the sideline for the last seven or eight minutes of the game, and he's got some kind of a serious leg thing that was going on. And that's a pretty depleted crowd. I mean, you've got to have be stronger. And I and I brought this point over over this point up time and time again about Jonathan Garvin was really who they thought they could replace the Darius Smith with. And there's been times where he's been a healthy scratch. So if you don't have two edge guys, what are the two most important positions on defense? Corner, corner, and the pass rusher. And guy. usually
1: a pass rusher and or a powerful middle linebacker. But other than that, yeah. I agree with you. Right? Remember when Dom Capers went to Ted Thompson and said, I need up the gut. Give me center field. Give me a strong nose tackle. Give me a strong linebacker. Give yeah. me a strong safety. I need one cover corner. I'll make the rest work. Yeah, That's what it is. Yeah. You know? And then they did it, obviously, with a pass rusher and Clay Matthews at the time. But I, I completely agree. We'll talk a little bit more about uh, the second half of this uh, this program. We'll talk a little bit more about the want and or need to see Jordan Love. Because that's uh, the other area of discussion for a lot of Packers fans as to whether or not he has to play, should he play? We talked with uh, Mark Schofield today of SB Nation, who said, "Yeah, you know, if you're another team talking about this guy, thinking about this guy, you would probably want to see uh, if he can play." But I think one thing that Brian Gutekunst said that stood out to me, and I think it's oh so true, not only for the Packers but for other teams as well. We'll talk about that when we come back in regards to Jordan Love. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. We're gonna go ahead and take a quick break. We're gonna come back broadcasting live at Angry Brothers Pub. This is a pub, but this is a restaurant. This is a fantastic place to eat. It's an entertainment center, really. The bowling alley is just a part of it. They've got so much. They've got the golf simulators. They've got things in the back for uh, for catering and banquets. They've got, obviously, the bar here. Uh, 500 screens. I don't know how many screens, but they got screens everywhere, for God's sakes. Come on out and say hello. We're down here another hour. Bud Light specials all night. We're brought to you by Bud Light. We'll be back right after this.
0: Are you ready for some football he talks green and gold Look at the Go. this is the huddle with bill michaels welcome
1: back we are glad to have you hour number two of the bill michaels huddle we are broadcasting live here at angry brothers Pub. we're in Racine. terrific place uh, an entertainment venue it's not just the bowling alley it's not just the bar it's not just the catering complex it's not just golf simulators it's, not outdoor volleyball courts or big giant patios. It is everything all combined into one, along with terrific food. Mike Clemens, alongside who uh, Mike is imbibed a little bit in the uh, in the beverages, and he's also uh, claimed that uh, giant piece of steak. He's going to probably ride the rest home, not eat it all, but you know, carve it up and whatever you you don't eat. I'm sure it's probably going to find itself a, a saddle and you on the back of it. But which was huge, which was fantastic.
2: It's not a doggy bag. It's a Mikey bag. There you he's go. Taking
1: this home. Okay. There's nothing wrong with that. I can see where you're going with it. Uh, speaking of uh, not a doggy bag, but uh, the backup quarterback. <laughs> Good segue. That's the reason we're ready. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the, the backup quarterback to the Packers. It seems like there's a lot of people that really want to see what Jordan Love ever since he played those two series against Philadelphia, what he's got. And one of the things that I found so interesting on Monday was when Brian Goodican Kudik- said that, uh, you know, he was asked, well, you know what you have in, in him, right? And he said, yeah, we know what we have in him. We know what he can do. We've watched his maturity and growth. He went through all the attributes. And then he paused and he said, but we want to see if he can win. And he talked about winning. And he talked about, you know, a quarterback that can win. you got to be able to win. And he said, we want, then again, we want to win every game. So it's not about hoping they lose so they can play Jordan Love. But he says, we want to win. we we, we got to see what he can do and if he can win.
2: And, you know, two quarterbacks that have discovered this this year, that have got seven to ten years' experience in the NFL carrying clipboards is Taylor Heineke yep. with Ron Rivera, right. good coach that's turned around the commanders, made them respect And out in Seattle. And out in Seattle, Geno Smith. Yeah, Geno Smith is probably going to win years. Comeback, comeback player of the year. And all of a sudden, Pete Carroll and John Schneider, the former Green Bay guy, the GM out there. Russell, you're not happy. Talk okay. to you later. Yeah, go ahead. Because we're going to get a guy that's going to run the offense. And stay on schedule and is and is darn accurate with the football. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Seattle is, is turning, you know, they're doing a lot better than the Broncos are. Oh, God, yeah. That's for
1: sure. Uh, the, the, the Russell Wilson has been a Nathaniel Hackett head coach killer. Because Nathaniel Hackett's not going to last after this season. Maybe not. They paid Russell Wilson way too much. That offense looks horrific. He's only thrown eight touchdown passes this year. Well, Russell was
2: creating those problems in Seattle. Right. Really, I mean, in his style of play. It's like bad on first and second down, and then maybe it pull out a miracle on third down. And sometimes he could, and sometimes he couldn't. And, you know, and then, of course, their defense started getting old, and they needed to replace there. But, Bill, uh, in November, I just kind of got a sense with Rodgers and the thumb injury that we might be seeing some more Jordan Love here coming up here quick than than I think. And I was also concerned if the Bills really blew out the Packers, that you might see some Jordan Love time. So let me talk about Jordan from the standpoint of he comes in, first-round pick. He's done a couple of press conferences. They put him on Zoom once or twice when we were kept out of the locker room during the pandemic. But, you know, Jordan's answers have been very short and sweet. You've not heard Jordan Love a peep out of this guy, right? Right. And for... Almost two years, as a reporter, we didn't really get a chance to be face-to-face with him and get to know him and build a relationship. So on a Friday, in late November, just before he was going to turn 24, I caught him in a, in a good mood and whatever. Because I, I, it's like, my gosh, this guy is the heir apparent. I don't know anything about I really don't know anything about him. There hasn't been moments to just sort of hang out and get to know the kid and see where his head is at. And I've, I found and dig it out. Here he, he grows up in Bakersfield, California, which is a very nice town, about an hour east inland from L.A. It's got a bunch of those old, like, Spanish buildings in it. Mm-hmm. His father, Oren, everybody knew Oren Love, O-R-I-N, in Bakersfield, California. Right. 26 years as a sergeant on the police force. Community leader for youth sports programs. Jordan's dad was built like a defensive end. Great big dude. You know, like six right. six, and, you know, maybe 280 or so. So And Love, you know, Mr. Love, Sergeant right. Love, known all around town. And so he kind of pushes Jordan to be a pitcher and a quarterback because Oren played for the high school team, and he always wanted to play that court, but, but they kept on putting him in the line and all that. So uh, Jordan and Oren were, were, I mean, they were buds, you know, going yeah. out to the Little League, going to the games, going out for the ice cream, et cetera. Oren got to have some heart problems. You know these prescription drugs that they say, any suicidal thoughts, call your doctor immediately? Right. That's what happened. He started taking this medication. His wife, very close and in tune, started noticing her husband, a 26 year Sergeant on the police force started acting weird, kind of driving weird and making strange, saying strange things. Yeah. To the point where, Bill, after about a month, she was trying to get him back into the doctor, say this, this, this isn't right. Something's on it. And he, he was having a hard time sleeping and is up and down and everything. But taking this heart medic, this new heart medication, she took his service revolver and put it in the lockbox and locked it up. She didn't know that he had his own key to it. And on a Saturday morning, when Jordan was 14 years old and going to go play in the like the freshman year, you know, basketball game, mm-hmm. his dad took him to it, and he noticed it was kind of weird. He drove up on the curb instead of just you know dropping right. the son off. And the other thing is that you know his dad always came to the games, but the dad said, "Yeah, you know, I, I left something in the house. So I got to go back." So he drops him off at the Saturday morning basketball game. Jordan plays in the game. When it gets done. Where's Dad? Well, why isn't he in the stands? And his aunt Anna picks him up, and then he notices, why aren't we going home? They, she took him to her house, and that's in the drive where he says, "Your father just shot himself about an hour ago." Yeah, he sat in the edge of the bed of the master bedroom. He had that second key. Pulls it out. He was he was he was lo- he was lost from this medication, just uncontrollable and took his own life like at 51 years old. That's what Jordan Love has had to deal with at age 14, losing that his mentor and a guy that he loves so much and helped him. So I kind of picked up the story from there and talking about that. He met a kid that was in his high school named Chris Barnes. Yeah. That number 51. So here, you know, Jordan Love, they take their team to state Chris Barnes gets scholarship offers to UCLA Jordan Love ends up going to, you know, Utah State. And so Jordan picked up the story from there with me.
3: Yeah, uh, so freshman year of high school, I was 5'6", 175 pounds. Um, and then, or not even 175 pounds, I was like 130 pounds. But then, uh, yeah, I hit a growth spurt. I um, was like, I think to my junior year, I was 6'2". That's when I really got to 6'2". But no, I, freshman year, I was the backup quarterback my sophomore year, um I played quarterback and then going to my junior year, that's when um, you know, there's an older guy in front of me who won the job and then after two games in the season he wasn't getting the job done they put me in and just never looked back after that. So Did you play defense? My freshman year I did and then after that I kinda shut it down. I was playing quarterback and Yeah, but you know when I was back up I was trying to, you know, do whatever I can to get on the field. So was
2: there a sense junior year or senior year like I'm doing this for college, I'm doing this for scouts.
3: Probably not until after my junior season when uh, I was like, okay, football. Because before that, I was backups. You know, I was thinking, maybe basketball, different things. But I didn't really think much of football. Um, then after my junior season, you know, I had a good year, and then you know, offers, schools started coming to talk to me, and I was like, okay, football is going to be what takes me to college. So. Was Chris Barnes a linebacker? Yeah, he was a linebacker. Mm-hmm. At the same high school, and uh, obviously, Chris was, you know doing his thing he was a lot better he had a lot of looks a lot of offers in high school uh, so we all knew chris is he's going d1 doing his thing but uh and
2: you guys did well
3: right we, we did well we had a really good team in high school um, went to valley championship went to end up going to state championship our senior year and lost but we had a good team did, were you guys close in high school oh yeah we were real close that's my guy um we've been really close since really elementary school into elementary school going into middle school we've been really close what's
2: part of the bond movies video games music what
3: no we do a lot you know we just hang out we'll play video games together we'll go watch movies together um, especially out here really anything we could do we'll, we'll we'll see what each other are doing and just try and do it together but uh yeah no i mean we've been doing the same stuff since high school high school is, you know more like let's go to movies do stuff after school things like that work out yeah work out all that stuff we all we train together we played seven on seven in the summers together. Like we did, we did a lot of stuff together, and with a couple of our teammates in high school. But you know, we, we've had a close bond.
2: Now he flat out earned that spot in camp that year at linebacker, and it's so unfortunate with the ankle that he had was that against the Vikings this year. But I mean, I mean, he earned that. It's not because of any association with you, right?
3: No, he earned that spot 100%. Um, obviously, our rookie. You know, there was some things that happened with linebackers, and. Um, was really next man up for him as well and he made the most of that opportunity um you know was really a guy that stepped up and for the defense and was able to play that number two backer spot and uh i think he did he made a name for himself that year and you know continue on to the next year and now obviously you know we have quay and different things like that and he's just still trying to trying to earn it
2: so he goes to ucla Mm -hmm. but you make a name at utah state Mm -hmm. great junior year and then everybody's talking about you nationally i mean that's that's a pretty funny Competition going between the two of you, right?
3: Yeah, I know it was. Um, obviously, you know, Chris had all the offers, things like that in high school. Um, and then, you know, I went to Utah State and I, I was doing my thing and started getting the looks. But, you know, he had, he had his looks as, as well. And then, um, you know, draft night, he was at my house um, for the draft and, you know, doing his thing and trying to figure out what, what was going to be his situation. And, you know, he got the call that, you know, the Packers wanted him to, uh, you know, come out of camp and things like that, sign as a free agent. And, I was like, man, that's crazy. We both both go to the Packers, so uh, you know, it just worked out. There
1: you go. That's uh, Jordan Love with uh, with Mike Clemens. So, it you, it's a story you can root for. You know, you hope for the guy. You know, um, I still, I I didn't see anything dynamic coming out of college that's going to make me go wow. But he did look better, markably better, in the game in the two series that we saw him play against Philadelphia. Uh, a very accurate arm. But trust had, me. Had zip on the ball and everything.
2: Brian Goodikens is like, hey, you know, this Chris Barnes kid. Oh, they went to the same high school. Oh, they're friends. And gave him every opportunity. And, you know, Barnes earned that job from the back of the line as an undrafted player to start as a as a middle linebacker year before, you know, against yeah. the Vikings. He's had these ups and downs with these injuries that these linebackers take. But at least just to get Jordan Love settled in Green Bay and have somebody he's known since he was 14 years old to be his buddy there, you know, while he's waiting right. for his turn, that, that's that's smart personnel management, yeah. you know. And I can tell you, there's a whole group in that locker room that that can flip the switch to their allegiance to Jordan Love.
4: Yeah, they
2: understand who Aaron Rodgers is, but they really can't relate. But there's a whole group of guys. 22, 23, 24 years old, that, I mean, the day that Aaron Rodgers announces I'm retiring from football, they're already in there to play for Jordan Love. And I know that for a fact from a couple of things I've heard, you know.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. When it's Jordan's time. Right. Now, the question is, and Favre went through this, where Favre started to look around and realize he had no relatability. To a lot of the guys in that locker room, the majority of them. Does Rodgers still have relatability, or is it the go? Let Cobbie coach him up. I'm fine. I'm going to go do my own thing.
2: No, you know, I you know I asked Rodgers directly during training camp. You know, here we are, two weeks into training camp, and you're complaining about these young receivers. Don't you think if you would come to a couple of OTAs, maybe you know a little right. bit more at the mini camp, gotten a couple more snaps, that they would have made that much more progress. And he laughed at me like, you know, the blank you laugh. And he said, listen, what they do in the spring is wide receiver 100. When I come, it's wide receiver 200, okay? They'll show you the technique. They'll show you the basic playbook, the terminology. And then when I get around, then we'll start talking about the adjustments on the field. So it's it's a waste of my time to come here in the spring. I don't need it. I'll come in shape 110%, which he did. Yeah. Which he did. Yep. But I don't know. You know, I I, I still think that there's – when you're trying to get guys to play for you, to lay their bodies on the line. Yeah. You know, and you're kind of calling them out from time to time. Even though you're right, you know, if you're going to be a brother, you're going to be a brother, which means you're here in May and June. We're not reading about your trip to India or whatever the hell, or or going to the Zenith – clockmaker making $35,000 watches in right. Switzerland.
1: Yeah. The, you know? the I've, I've always said it wasn't – it's not about the X's and O's. It's about the relationship and the ability to talk to a guy. Yeah. You know, I go back to the days when Rogers wanted to take over the team and wanted to acclimate himself to everybody. He had the barbecue. Come on over to my house. We're all going to get right. together. That's where that – May and June's that, a real yeah. good
2: time to get to know John Runyon. Right? I agree. Who's dad's NFL, yeah. you know? you know you know or or even inspire you know a mullet haired guy like Royce Newman you know you never know yeah you just never know
1: yeah uh, let's do this. We're going to step out, take a quick break, come back. Bottom of the hour, we're going to get into the rest of the NFL. We're going to start making some picks as well. Game's coming up. Got one tomorrow night, as a matter of fact. So we're going to start there and then work our way through the rest of the week without the Green Bay Packers participating in a game this week and off during the bye week. Stay tuned. We're broadcasting live. We're at uh, Angry Brothers Pub. We're down here in Racine. Good people on hand. Even better food, I'll tell you that, right damn now. This is a hell of a place. Stop in and say hi. We're brought to you by our friends at Butt Light. Coming up right after this. Oh,
0: Yeah. This is the Huddle with Bill Michaels on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network.
1: Good to have you back. Welcome to the program. We're brought to you by our friends at Bud Mike, the official beer sponsor of the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. And we are broadcasting live. We're at Angry uh, Angry Brothers Pub here in uh, Racine, Wisconsin. If you want to swing in, uh, not only when we're here, but any other time for that matter. You take I-94 in Racine
2: or Kenosha County. You get off on the Highway 20 exit, head east toward the lake. Yep. Just about four or five miles or so. Pass the big quick trip off there on your right-hand side. Which is
1: massive. massive.
2: And then you see the big sign for Angry Brothers. You pull in, big-ass bowling alley over here, (laughs) beautiful bar, you know, all these all, all these uh, giant screens that they've got. Uh, love the lighting. Love the – did you see the hallway with the Packer memorabilia? I have, there? yeah. Outside the little lobby yep. out there. Uh, very nice, friendly people. And, and, and a history with the, the name Angry Brothers. A history with Do you that, know the right? history? Well, yeah, but I don't want to get into it. But yeah, <laughs> the owner was telling me about that. that right. Always, you know, they're angry sports fans and, and that right? kind of thing. But, yeah, so.
1: Nothing wrong with that. No, but really good food and everything is. In the last year, from the last time we were here, because we've been here every year for like the last seven years, eight right. years, something like that. Uh, we sure, make it down here once for the and program the
2: pizza and that other stuff. But they're, tonight they're serving me steak, kind of a filet mignon thing with uh, uh, green beans with the uh, the the bacon, the bacon bits. Oh man, and and then you know uh, like a garlic mashed here. Yeah, fresh garlic. Oh, it's
1: so good. Yeah. It was so good. Yeah, I'm taking every bit of it home in one place. My yes, stomach, sir. Yeah, yes, sir, no doubt. Uh, we, I do want to get into um, uh, a little bit more before we get to uh, the picks. But uh, Brian Gutekens uh, talked about you know winning and culture and talked about certain guys and decisions he has to make and then support of Matt Lafleur. And was there anything else in that presser on Monday that struck you?
2: Yeah, uh, you know, he talks about the fact that you. you he reemphasized some things about his philosophy that he learned from Ron Wolfe and Ted Thompson when it comes to the quarterback position and developing these guys to say, you know, you learn the fundamentals, you learn the playbook, you, you, you know, you, we figure out if you're going to, if you're naturally born as a leader, mm-hmm. but can you win? Right. Can you win a game? He wanted to see Can you win He, a he game? talked about that. You know, and Justin Fields is, is, like, right there. Yeah. And even with all the injuries that Justin's got. And he's got a first-year offensive coordinator in the NFL and Luke Getzey and all. You know, yeah. But he's got a pretty smart 51-year-old Matt Eberflus, you know, directing the defense and coming up with some pretty good schemes against Aaron Rodgers. I mean, Rodgers had a hard time getting passes completed for three quarters. But is there one or two more things that Justin could do? And the fact is, Justin threw one away to the sidelines. It looked like he had an open guy. And Keyshawn Nixon comes flying into the picture and picks it off, you know, right there at the sideline Mm -hmm. and takes away your chance. Right. So, you know, that's the kind of thing that, that Goody's talking about. Can you win the game in those final
1: two minutes? I thought it was interesting. The one thing that I also kind of snatched onto when he was asked about, you know, the trade deadline and, you know, and he started to say, well, we started looking at things. And when it got too high versus the reward, we had to walk away.
2: It's all value. I mean, we're not getting its value. There's 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 all kinds of points and dollar signs on those draft picks. And, you know, look at the Rams are doing now. Now they're they're scrambling try to get all these. They put in all those draft picks and but you know they what? got they a Super Bowl off. out of it. They got a ring, they got a ring. But now they're in a mess, right? You know, and and I you know Chase Claypool was a problem for Mike Tomlin. I, I if I'm Goody, I'm not going to give up too much, right? For this guy, and it's not like he's actually you know burning it up down there in Chicago. I think that was his best game with. It. I think he had five receptions the other day, but it wasn't like you know. He, and with Darnell Mooney off the field, hell, Fields had nobody else to throw to. Right. By the way, a, a, another big move was Robert Quinn went to the Eagles and the Bears. Like, hey, we'll give up Robert Quinn, and people are, remember that people were just shocked yeah. between that and then the Rokon Smith trade to Baltimore. It's like, oh, okay, so you guys are giving up on this season, right? Right. And then the Bears actually went out and won a couple of surprise games after that. Robert Quinn just got put on IR. The Bears got the best end of that deal man right trading away robin quinn and robert quinn and getting back some of these trubisky deals and stuff over yeah. the years and um um uh, and roquan smith as well i mean the bears are in pretty good position to turn this thing around in the years to come I, so when it comes to goody being so tight-fisted with those draft picks i mean you know christian watson suddenly has turned out it's not a bust we we got saw plenty of flash Romeo Dobbs in training camp, and eight receptions in one game for a record, tying a, a Max McGee record from 1954. Mm-hmm. I, you know, and and uh, my guy Zach Tom, you know every I'm I'm not an expert at this. I'm, i don't, I'm I'm not a scout and all that. But I, I, I watch these practices that when they let us in, I watch every snap that I can. And I try and follow where the coaches are. Or I watch where Gutekinds is going, quite frankly. And I'm trying to see what these guys are seeing. So day two of camp, I tweet out, I was, man, this number 50 kid, his footwork is great. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm just saying it's, it's the second day of, of training Larrabee
1: said the same thing when I had him on. Wayne said Zach Tom was a guy. To, to watch Sean Ryan was that's uh, because I told him, yeah, is that what it was? Okay, because yeah. I know you guys go to lunch I and, told him. and share pizzas and stuff. I like said, that. Look
2: at 50, man. Yeah, look at it. And because he had he, you know what? The last time I saw a footwear like that was nine or ten years ago when this kid from Colorado was out there one on ones. And Clay Matthews, the third time he tried to get around him, took his helmet in fruit and threw it in frustration because this kid with the name you couldn't pronounce, Bakhtiari, right. he couldn't get around him, right. Yeah. And that's now Zach Tom doesn't have that size, but the footwork is outstanding. He's smart. He's very humble and very low key. But look at him. No, no, no one talked about him in that game right. the Bears. You know why? Because he's pretty darn good. Yeah, he's pretty darn good. You've got two left tackles, and you still got Josh Nyman on the other side.
1: I kind so, of so, thought so. It.
2: Everyone's screaming about Goudakis. Like, there's a lot of good things going on
1: here. I kind of th- well, you. Y- 2017, 2018 drafts. You got four guys left out of a total sucked. of like you know th- those two drafts sucked. So he, th- and, and and this th- thing depth about, pool hey, is not great we're because take of that. Three
2: receivers, and the next year is hey we're going to take three running backs. You right. Know? And if one or two of them work out, the problem with that is you lose all your receivers one year, and then the next year you lose all your running backs. Right. You know just in terms of who's you're going to renew gonna or keep not. And you're not. Yeah. You got to take a receiver and a back. A receiver and a back. you got to stagger those picks so that you don't lose the whole room
1: some year. The one thing that I took away from his conversation regarding the value, and he kind of hedged and he started to say something and he held it back. It was almost like I thought the way I'm watching him, his facial, his body. I don't think Ron, he's a disciple of Ron, who was a, you know, Ted was a disciple of Ron's. R- Ron had always told me if you believe you're a player away, you pull the trigger at all costs. Sure. Otherwise, you don't. And it kind of, I kind of went. He don't. He never thought this team could win a championship. The way they were playing, what was going on? Yeah, if they were to chase Claypool away from winning, but he didn't see it that way. Well,
2: he kept Mason Crosby. He kept yeah. Mason Crosby, and then Mason ends up, of all things, having a sore knee during minicamp, and then by uh, before the start of training camp, they say. All right, we probably need to scope that out.
1: Mason's length is good, or Mason's accuracy is good. It's just anything over fifty; he's not. That's not the guy.
2: Yeah, and the kickoffs are starting to come up a little short. Yep, you're gonna you're gonna have to keep an eye on that. But the other thing that was important from Brian Goodikins was this, and the question was, Bill, what's the structure here now, if Matt needs to make a change at coaching? And Goodikins said, you know, Murph. He called him Murph. He called his boss yeah, Murph. Murph. Brian Goodikens reiterated, Mark Murphy's in charge. Murph, Russ, and I. Russ Ball, the finance guy, who wanted that GM job and was really ticked off that Goodikens got it, Russ Ball thought he should have that job, okay? So what they did was, you know, Murphy said, look, I'm in charge now. You know, Russ, you don't necessarily report to Brian. The head coach, the general manager's in charge of the roster, the guy's in charge of the contracts, the three of you need to work together. And you all report to me, okay? Mm-hmm. And that's been that structure since they got rid of McCarthy, going on four years now. But the bottom line is this: at the end of the day, Matt Lafleur will decide whether or not Joe Barry is the next uh, continues as defensive coordinator. But when it comes Stanovic to Stanovich is but, an but, offensive but, coordinator. But, or, but when it comes to and that, that's we haven't even touched on that how he's done as a first year offensive coordinator. But because uh, because you know what. LaFleur keeps on talking about this Connor Davis assistant that's upstairs wh- helping him manage the games. He knows the rule book. Yeah, He's looking. He's determining whether there should be a challenge. He's watching the replays, all those kinds of things. Keep your eye on that,
1: dude. Right.
2: But uh, what's going on right now is this. Uh, the general manager, Goodickens, confirmed that at the end of the day, Matt LaFleur decides who's on his coaching staff. But it's also true that if he says – Man, I gotta have Rich Basachi like a year ago, yeah. and as bad as Special Teams, in, then Russ Ball and Mark Murphy have to agree to open up the purse strings and say, "All right, we'll throw another million or two on the fire right. to get the to get a Vic Fangio in here." Right. You know? And that they're going to have to make a case that we've got that you know does Kids have a roster really worth that, uh, or do we have the money for that? But that's the way this works. Okay, you know uh, this is going to cost us more. But if you can really make the case that this is the guy that you need, because if it doesn't work, it's going to cost you your day, your right, job someday, right. LaFleur. But that's the way the structure is. It's not like Gutkin's is making this call, and ultimately it's not Mark Murphy that's deciding who's the defensive coordinator. It's up to LaFleur to decide who's on that coaching well, staff. Well,
1: he doesn't want to wrap his arms around the boat anchor that is Joe Barry. That's, that's not at this, sure. no, not nice at this guy, time. No. Nice guy, though. Joe Barry's a nice guy. Uh, you know, I I wouldn't hit him in the parking lot with my car. He's a nice guy.
2: <laughs> I know. So, according to social media, I know some Packer fans. that would. That
1: would absolutely. Uh, we're down at uh, Angry Brother, an outside
2: linebacker right? too. But I won't get into or that. We're
1: in recede. We're going to step away, take a quick break. Uh, the rest of the NFL begins playing tomorrow night. Stay tuned. We got a whole lot more. Of the Bill Michaels huddle right after this. Let's go. This is the
0: Huddle with Bill Michaels on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network.
1: we uh, for those of you watching on Bud Light live stream on the cameras, we certainly appreciate it. Uh, we're here at Angry Brothers Pub, and uh, we're down in Racine. So if you're uh, in the area, there's a gr- great place, Bowling Alley, Entertainment Center, simulated golf, TVs everywhere, really good food. So it's not uh, it's not bar food, man. It's so far above that. But stop in and uh, tell them we said hi. And then also, don't forget, we're brought to you by our friends at Bud Light, the official beer sponsor of the Bill Michael Sports Talk Network, and Bud Light Special is down here as well. Mike Clemens alongside. So, uh, Mike, it's time to take a look around the rest of the NFL now and start to make our picks. Ben Kenny, producing the program all the way back in Madison, Wisconsin is going to join us in this segment as well. Uh, so you got to you got the Rams and, and the Rams for lack of a better term, suck. Um, you got Matthew Stafford's done for the year. Uh, they're playing at SoFi at home where they won a Super Bowl. Uh, the Raiders are coming to town favored by six and a half. Matt Stafford
2: is a a, con- a contusion of the spinal, of the spine, yeah. right?
1: Yeah, he's... That's he's, dangerous. Yeah,
2: he's... And McVeigh said in the presser, I think the season's over. I mean, technically yeah. he's on a four-week IR, but he may be having to have some serious thoughts about if he wants to continue his career. He got the right. ring.
1: He got the ring. Yeah, he could walk away tomorrow, and he's he's finally got his ring. Uh, but uh, the Rams, uh, you know, the underdogs in this one, uh you know, Raiders giving uh, four or six and a half in his contest. I'm taking the, the – I hate to say it, I'm taking the Raiders on the road. They're starting to win. They're starting to figure out a few things in Las Vegas. Uh, so the Raiders coming in at five and seven. Only two and five on the road, but the Rams are two and five at home. They're three and nine. So who's going to play
2: quarterback for the Rams?
1: Aaron Donald is done. Uh, is he on well. IR? So he's had uh, – he, I, I, I br- know he's banged up. Yeah, he's banged up. Uh, he's not on IR, but he's banged up. Uh, he's not going to be in this one. Uh, their their options they have just picked up Baker mayfield then there's John wolford the the backup he was the street free agent uh, that they picked up in 2000 I think 19 he was drafted. Mm-hmm. Um, then there's uh, Bryce Perkins who was a you know undrafted c- college player back in 2020 um but that's b- one that's, Wolford's banged up
2: that's one of you know, the Bryce Perkins that's 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 the card you pull out of the stack and you put it on the spokes of your stingray bike.
1: You That's know, exactly right. To make noise. <laughs> That's exactly right. Mm-hmm. So, those are the guys that you have to choose from uh, and Baker Mayfield they, they picked him up obviously hoping he can at least do something. But uh, there's no way I'm going to be able to pick the Rams. I'm taking the uh, taking the Raiders in this one.
2: And they're playing in LA, right? In LA. Wow. No, it's got to be the Raiders. Got to be the Raiders.
4: Ben Kenny Oh, I'm expected to do this? No. Uh, yeah, you're. No, you're doing it. I. I'll take the Raiders big. I kind of feel bad for Kirk Herb Street that he gets in the NFL, he goes on prime, and then they just saddle him with every terrible game all season. Uh, but I, I think Devontae <laughs> goes off, and Baker might start, which is hideous. Uh, it, it's going to be disgusting. But I think the the Raiders win.
1: Then you've got uh, the noon kickoff on CBS coming up on Sunday, Cincinnati taking on the Browns. Cincinnati now 8 and 4 four and one at home. Browns coming to town at 5 and 7 two and four away, but they've got Deshaun Watson. Cincinnati is favored by 6 in this one. Here's a statistic for you. Joe Burrow has never beaten the Browns. Really? Has never beaten the Browns. It is his bugaboo. He cannot get over that hump for whatever reason. And now they've got Deshaun Watson. Um, Who
2: looked I'm, like crap? Uh, you know, yeah, understood his first game right. back and
1: everything, but wow. But I, I'm going to take the Browns in this one. I'm going to take the Browns. The Cincinnati's given six. I'm taking the Browns. The Bengals to, are, to win this are six one favorites. Bengals are six point favorites. I'm going to take the Browns to win or cover. But uh, Joe Burrow has never beaten Cleveland.
2: Uh, I'm going to say the Bengal fans make the difference. Uh, Cincinnati wins at home over the Browns.
1: There you go. Ben?
4: Yes, good pick, Mike. Uh, Bill, it is the battle for the walleye fishermen. Remember this, the the battle for Ohio? <laughs> yes. I, uh, yes. I, I, I'm taking the Bengals. I'm picking against the Browns every week. <laughs>
1: okay. <laughs> Uh, you got the Lions at home. The Lions have looked relatively impressive. I said they might get to eight wins this season. I don't know if they're going to be able to do it. Sitting at five right now, though, they still have an opportunity. But here comes the Minnesota Vikings, who are 10-2, and 4-1 and one away from U.S. Bank Stadium. Uh, the Lions, I, look, the Lions, the Lions are favored by two and a half in this game. Vegas knows something. And, and remember, the Lions went toe-to-toe with the Bills on on Thanksgiving Day. Vegas knows something. I'm taking the Lions at home. I think it's the way the Lions
2: played the Vikings maybe the last time these two teams met. That could be part of it. Uh, And the way the Lions have played at home. Yeah. They scored 30 points a game. You know. Yeah. I mean, hell, actually, Green Bay did a pretty good job keeping a 15 in that game. The Lions over the Vikings. Yeah, that's sexy. I'll take Dan Campbell and the boys. Why not? There you go, Ben. The Motor City Kitties with a win.
4: <laughs> <laughs> yes, I was. Uh, I was taught at a very young age that when you're gambling and it looks like Vegas knows something, you should probably listen. So I'll take the Lions.
1: There you go. Then you got Buffalo. The Bills. They're at home taking on the Jets. A good matchup. Buffalo's favorite though by nine and a half in this one. Josh Allen comes into it with his 25 touchdowns on the season. Stephon Diggs, the receiver of 10 of those. The Jets are good up front. They can get to you. But I just think that the Bills have too much not to win this game. And they are still out with something to prove. And they're 4-1 at home. I've got the Bills at home getting the win. We
2: in this show. We were talking about why can't Joe Barry seem to be more of a motivator yeah. for this defense?
1: Like Robert Sala.
2: Like Matt LaFleur's best friend. Right. Who did that with the 49ers and is now doing this with the Jets? And I'll never forget after the Jets upset the Packers at Lambeau Field. What did Salas say about his defensive line? Yeah, today they were like a a rolling ball of butcher blade, uh, a butcher knife. Butcher knives, yeah. I mean that that this guy studies that martial arts stuff from a thousand years ago. Yeah, he gets into people's heads. Um, yeah, but not in Buffalo. Yeah, I don't I don't see the Jets beating the Bills in Buffalo. I'll take the Bills in a closer game than what. Vegas things.
4: Oh, the uh, the Mike White story is fun. I think he attempted like sixty passes in Minnesota last week, and then came and up short on the goal it. line. That I, offense I, is playing. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. There were especially the rookie I, Wilson from Ohio State. I, I think the Bills win easily, but I like the Jets story, and I want them to win. And then we can look back at that Vikings game and wonder how the Vikings keep pulling things out of their behind. You know what right. I mean? Right.
1: No mm-hmm. doubt. Uh, you got the battle for Texas. The Cowboys at home at 9-3, and three, and they're starting to feel it. C.D. Lamb, six touchdowns on the season. But then again, here come the Texans. Texans benching their quarterback, and things are horrifically wrong. And they just got beat at home by the return of Deshaun Watson. They're not going to do anything on the road. Dallas favored in this one, by the way, by 16 and a half. I'm not taking the Cowboys to cover, but I'm taking the Cowboys to win. Yeah, the Texans
2: have just got one win. They've got a really cool draft pick coming up, and they don't want to blow that. <laughs> right. <laughs> the Cowboys will win.
4: Mike, or uh, Ben? Bill, you, you know I'm anti-Houston, and you also know I'm anti-Dallas, so this is a tough one. A 16-and-a-half is disgustingly large, so I think the Texans will cover. I think the Cowboys will win. As I said on the show this week, though, I, I'm not in on the Cowboys Super Bowl talk that we've seen.
1: No, I'm not uh, I'm not going there just yet. I, th- I think... What's propelled them to get wins and also what is one of their biggest uh, Achilles heel is the same guy. It's Dak Prescott. I just – I really believe that, that he, it, when the when it's crunch time, I don't trust him. Uh, he just uh, – there's times that he just makes boneheaded plays. Uh, then you've also got the Jaguars. They are on the road taking on Tennessee. Tennessee beaten, and uh, Derrick Henry held last week against the Eagles only to 30 yards. The Jaguars come in at 4-1. and A little bit of momentum, but not much. Titans – they're at home. They're angry. They feel like they should have played better against Philadelphia. Tennessee's given for in this game. I think not only do they win, but I think they cover in this game.
2: You guys would love Doug Peterson. He's so cool. I love Doug Peterson. He's so oh, I do, Mike. You know. Yeah. 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 No. No. I mean, he's he's just the best. I mean, half the time I find myself uh, pulling for him you know, when he's there. Um, yeah, but I, I don't see I don't see the Jaguars pulling that one
4: out. Nope. Uh, Bill, you know I've picked the Jaguars every week, and it it hasn't gone well. They're my darlings. I'm going to pick them again. And, uh, Mike, yes, (laughs) Doug Peterson, the only one to bring a backup quarterback to a Super Bowl. Must be noted.
1: Then you've got uh, the Eagles on the road taking on the Giants in the Meadowlands. Philadelphia's seven-point favorites going into MetLife Stadium in this one. Uh, Jalen Hurts, 20 throwing touchdowns on the season. He's thrown for just under 3,000 yards already. Uh, but then against Saquon Barkley, I mean, early on he was the story. He was the guy that was getting it all done—eight touchdowns, over a thousand yards. But. Teams have been able to just say, hey, take him out of the game or at least control him, and you're going to win, and that's what teams have been doing. And now the Eagles run defense after holding Derrick Henry to only 30 yards. You know they're going to be keying on Saquon Barkley. I'm going to take the Eagles and the Eagles to cover going into MetLife Stadium. It's the beginning of the end of the Giants. Everybody thought they were a paper champion to begin with, and I say the Eagles are going to prove it this weekend. The
2: Giants at home in MetLife, but they've had these injuries on defense too, so, you know, go Eagles fly, man. They're just, yeah. They are rolling. They are rolling right now.
4: And you you look at the New York fans; they're a little uh, off the hangover of re-signing Aaron Judge. So you yes. wonder what the turnout will be on Sunday. Uh, th- <laughs> the Eagles win.
2: <laughs> Let's do this. Nine do this. years? Are you kidding me? Nine years? How old is he? $360
1: million dollars. Nine years. He'll be forty by the time that contract comes. The Yankees are nuts. Yeah, They're nuts. Well, they've got that kind of money, that kind of coin. Uh, we're gonna come back at the second half of the lineup. We're broadcasting live at Angry Brothers Pub in Racine. Brought to you by our friends at Bud Light. Pick any NFL games. Ben Kenny, myself, Mike Clemens alongside. We'll be back to wrap things up next.
0: This is the Huddle with Bill Michaels on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network.
1: to have you back. We're broadcasting live. We're at the uh, Angry Brothers Pub. We're in Racine and thanks for swinging by and saying hi. We just had a a really nice lady that came by and said that uh, used to watch me when I did the post game show at Curly's and we used to do the Lodge Kohler kickoff. As a matter of fact, she had a picture of myself and Aaron Jones and Aaron Jones' mom. Um, when we did the Lodge Kohler kickoff uh, up at Lodge Kohler, pre-pandemic, yeah, pre-pandemic, and then uh, obviously uh, her son lives down here in Racine. She's like, she heard the show earlier today. and She said, "We got to stop by." Oh, how nice! So yeah, so came by and said hello. So I always appreciate that when people uh, you know kind of follow us around. Yes, that's sir. awesome. Uh, back at it, the NFL. We continue the second half of the schedule. This used to be a bloodbath between the Ravens and the Steelers in the AFC North. The Steelers obviously have fallen on hard times, but. With Lamar Jackson having the issues with the uh, the knee and the ankle, uh, Pittsburgh actually favored by two and a half in this game, playing at home at Acrisure Stadium, which I still can't get used to saying that after being Heinz for so long. Steelers at home, Ravens banged up. I'm taking Mike Tomlin and the Steelers in a little bit of a mild upset in this one.
2: Although Roquan Smith was looking pretty good in some Ravens game this yeah. over the weekend. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, I'll take the Steelers. I'll take the Steelers at home.
4: Oh, I'm going to lead Corso not so fast both of you. I'll take the Ravens. <laughs> I am I'm not a Kenny Pickett guy. Never have been.
2: Okay. Okay, so you and you can take that big Ravens head off now. Okay. Yeah. There it, at the desk. And
1: he's got that pencil in his hand too where he looks like he's going to snap it with his <laughs> thumb at any second now. <laughs> uh you've got the, the Chiefs on the road, uh, Patrick Mahomes and company. Nine-and-a-half-point favorites going into face at Empower Empire Field. Another just garbage name. Uh, taking on the Broncos and all the problems they have. Look, uh, Patrick Mahomes, 30-plus touchdowns. He's probably going to end up with 34 by the time the game's over. Uh, Broncos suck. Chiefs rule. I'm going with the Chiefs to win and dominate in this fashion. Yeah,
2: I was just thinking about this today in terms of what LaFleur is going to try and do. Uh, with rogers or love or if he even gets to that point you know as a head coach with with the packers despite the tremendous winning percentage he's had but that combination between andy reed and patrick mahomes man that's you know that's as good as what belichick would have had with brady right now i mean the the who knows where the ceiling is on how many rings that these guys can win together uh, certainly the chiefs would be favored to win in that game
4: ben um, I, I think Russell Wilson could be a little invigorated by Wisconsin's move at offensive coordinator, bringing in a, an air raid guy to really shake things up. So I, I think the Broncos can keep it close, uh, but the Chiefs will still win. Uh, are, you, are you, you got like mushrooms in your shake right now? Or what, what's <laughs> Mike doesn't listen on Wednesdays, I guess. <laughs>
1: uh, I'll tell you this. Uh, it is Brock Purdy time as the uh, Brock oh, Purdy, yeah. which is, some people you say, what? And in case you weren't paying attention, Brock Purdy, the new quarterback of the 49ers after taking over well, with Garoppolo. He was Garoppolo. like
2: 25 of 37. He did pretty good he played a third string quarterback, yep. man.
1: And the 49ers at eight and four, five and one at home taking on. Tom Brady, who just cardiac kid the Buccaneers to a win the other yeah. night on Monday night against the Saints. I still think the Buccaneers are trying to search here, but San Francisco's three-and-a-half-point favorites. I'm going with Brock Purdy to win this game. I'm taking the 49ers defense. 49ers defense. There you go. Ben?
4: Oh, uh, Not so fast. I'm taking the Bucs. The Niners drafted Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant, from Iowa State. They took him instead of Jack Cohn, and for that reason, I'm taking the Bucks.
1: He's just pissed. Man. Uh, the Panthers at uh, three. Wisconsin. Yeah, Panthers at four and eight on the season. They jettison uh, Baker Mayfield. The Seahawks at home. We were just talking about that. In seven and five. Uh, Seahawks. Well, they got
2: Sam Darnell. Man. Yeah, you
1: can't I can't blame them. I think the Seahawks are going to win the game. Me, 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 but this is a game where you're rooting against the Seahawks because if the Seahawks lose, it benefits the Green Bay Packers. And oh, their really? Chances. Yeah. So you're looking for the Seahawks to lose. So no! I'm still. I yeah, I hate to do it, but I'm going to take the Seahawks to get the win. They're favored by three and a half against the Panthers. Yeah, Seahawks win. There you go.
4: I agree. The uh, North Carolina offensive coordinator came to Wisconsin, and the state of Carolina's reeling. Seahawks win.
1: So there you go. Uh, this is a decent game. The Dolphins on the road, a long East Coast, West Coast trip yet again for them. Second time in three weeks. Dolphins 8-4. They are favored by three, taking on Justin Herbert and the Chargers. A, a really weird down year. 20 touchdowns on the season for him, but it's been a very quiet, very down year for him. Miami's favored by three. I'll take two and company to win on the road in San Diego.
2: I think it's going to be a good game. I think it's going to be a great game. It's Mike, a Sunday night game. Yeah, and, my, and, and Mike McDaniels is a really interesting guy at head coach. Um, I'll take the Dolphins. I'll take the Dolphins.
4: Oh, this is a terrific jersey matchup, first and foremost. That's going to look good on television. I, I Like, I love Justin Herbert. Everyone loves Justin Herbert. I would like to know when he's going to start consistently winning games. Like, it always feels like the Chargers are underwhelming a bit, and obviously he hasn't been to the playoffs yet. So I, I'll take the Dolphins.
1: Got uh, one minute, and uh, you got the Patriots on the road Monday night taking on the Cardinals, the 4-8 and eight Arizona Cardinals, Patriots sitting at 6-3. and three. Kyler Murray with a total of 14 touchdowns on the season, all the whining and bitching and moaning he did in the offseason. He has played a craptastic year. And uh, I, uh, I, just for that purpose, I hope the Patriots win. I'm taking the Patriots, who are giving one and a half in this contest. Patriots get a win on the road.
2: I'm
4: taking the Belichicks. I will agree. Ben agrees. Reluctantly.
1: That's our picks. Around the entire, by the way, the bye week this week, Falcons, Bears, Packers, Colts, Saints, and Commanders. That's the uh, teams that are not in action this week. Mike, this was fun, man. I I wish we had bye weeks every week now.
2: Well, yeah. I mean, um, either that or we, you know, we'd see if we can meet halfway on the road between Green (laughs) Bay and... Madison and Milwaukee Got to do it at Sheboygan like every week. Yeah, right, that wouldn't yeah. be a bad
1: way to go. Hey, thanks to the staff and management down here at uh, Angry Brothers Pub. Absolutely fantastic place. We love this place every time we get a chance to come down. And the listeners, too. Sure. And the listeners that came by to say hello. We, we are so glad that they did. Uh, and uh, as you're sitting there and you're, you're kind of sitting at home, you're watching, that's Angry Brothers Pub. You can kind of take a look around the place now and see it. Mike, uh, pleasure as always, pal. Ben Kenny pushing all the right buttons and keeping us on the air and Crazy Ass Picks. I love you like a third cousin. And that'll do it. Until we talk again, we'll be back at it again tomorrow morning. Uh, no Green and Gold game show on Sunday. And then after that, back at it on Monday for a full week of preparation of the Packers and the Rams. But thanks to everybody for coming out. Thanks to our sponsor, Bud Light, the official beer sponsor of the Bill Michael Sports Talk Network. Time for us
0: to go have a go. The Bill Michael Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.